You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. We're talking about the armor of God. And I'm going to pull my uh, scripture verse today from the book of Psalms, chapter 12, verse 6. And there's a particular reason I'm doing this. The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. The number seven is associated with the Lord all through the scriptures. You'll see uh, seven candlesticks, seven churches in the book of Revelation, um, all of the different judgments of the Lord are given in sevens. Uh, you'll see seven associated with fatness, fullness, completion, and it is the end of a cycle of a seven-day week. And all over the world, uh, the seven-day week has been recognized since ancient times. And there's nothing planetary that happens. It's not like a month. It's not like a solar year. Uh, but it's different. And it's because God stamped seven on the human race and on the world as his number, and uh, it represents a full cycle. And so you see it uh, associated with him. Now, here's the puzzling thing about all of this. There appear to be only six parts of the armor of God. The helmet of salvation, that's one. The breastplate of righteousness, that's two. Loins girt about with truth, that's three. Feet shot with preparation of the gospel of peace, that's four. Then there is the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit. That's just That would be six. Anyone who knows about the significance of numbers in scripture, and by the way, there is a book by E.W. Bollinger. If you love these things, I recommend you get the book. It's called Number in Scripture by E.W. Bollinger. It's an old book, but it has some fascinating insights into why numbers are significant. It's not about foretelling the future. It's not numerology. This is not biblical numerology. It just helps you to see that God uses numbers to show the character of things. So God would never reveal his army or armor in just six components. He would reveal it in seven. Well, you can see the seventh component, but it's not specifically articulated. Now, the people who received Paul's letter, the the Ephesians, would have been thoroughly acquainted with a Roman soldier's armor. And even though he did not articulate the seventh component, anyone of that day would have said, well, what about the spear? The Roman spear is a big part of his weaponry, and that would have been something he would have uh, uh, spoken to, and he did but he didn't actually come right out and say it. And it's because it would have been so obvious. So I want to show you this thing about sevens with God in scripture. And and what I'm going to do is I want to show you that it's not just seven things of one kind. You have six things of a particular kind, but the seventh is different. So let's go to Proverbs chapter six. We'll begin reading in verse 16. These six things does the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. Now, I really believe what he's saying here is these six things God doesn't like at all, but the seventh is the worst of all of them. That's what I believe. Proud look, that's one. A lying tongue, 
hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaks lies. Now, all those things are bad and God hates them all, but here's the seventh. And he that sows discord among the brethren. Now, when you come to a New Testament uh, perspective, New Testament church, the, the person who sows discord among brethren splits and wrecks churches and so forth causes the church not to flow in unity. Uh, when you see that, uh, it, it, it not only causes people to suffer in this world, but it actually has an impact on eternal life. It keeps people from eternal life, causes people to stumble. And so that's why God hates it. So it's the, the six things are bad, but the seventh is worse than the rest of them. And you see the same thing here, uh, a separation between the six and the seven, in what Jesus said about his own future. This is Luke's gospel, chapter 18. Now listen to this. Then he took the 12 aside and he said to them, behold, we are going up to Jerusalem and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the son of man will be accomplished. He will be delivered to the Gentiles. So we'll count that as number one and will be mocked. That's number two and insulted. That's number three and spit upon. That's number four. They will scourge him. That's number five and kill him. That's number six. And the third day he will rise again. That's number seven. Now, the seventh component here is different than the first six. Uh, you have six things that men do, and the Bible comes out and clearly says it in the book of Revelation that six is the number of a man. And so you see six things that men do here, but the third day he will rise again. That's something that God does. And so let me show you what this is like. It's like a menorah lampstand. And the menorah lampstand is one center candlestick that comes up like this. And then next to it, out of the stem comes uh, another pair. And then yet another pair and another pair. And so you've got the seven, but the, but the middle one is different than the other six. The, the other six on the outside, they all have a corresponding candlestick, but the center one doesn't. And so that's a picture of what God does. Uh, God reveals himself in these sevens. Now, the reason I'm getting into all of this is because I want to show you that it's impossible for the armor of God to be revealed to us in only six components. There has to be a seventh component. Something is missing if we stop with the sword of the spirit or the helmet of salvation or the shield of faith. If, if, if we only count the six, we've got to go to the seventh. So prayer is the seventh one. And here it is in Ephesians 6, 18, King James Version, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Listen to what Goodspeed says. And I love these different translations because they help you wrap your mind around it. Use every kind of prayer. That would be all prayer. Use every kind of prayer and entreaty and at every opportunity pray in the spirit. Now, when we go on a search for the different kinds of prayer that are utilized throughout the Bible, we see that there are six regular kinds of prayer the seventh would be prayer in the spirit. So let's talk about it. 
there is the prayer of consecration. Now, I'm not going to go into detail on these because we are going to go into detail in the next few days studying these, each one of them. There is the prayer of petition. It's totally different than the prayer of, of consecration. There is the prayer of authority, or we might say the prayer of binding and loosing. It's a totally different kind of prayer than the prayer of petition or the prayer of consecration. There is the prayer of agreement. That's a prayer that can't be prayed by one person. There have to be at least two and sometimes more. There is the prayer of commitment. I would call that also the prayer of release because uh, it, it's a prayer where we give things to the Lord. There is a prayer of thanksgiving. Now, thanksgiving can be associated with all of these prayers, but there is a time when it's appropriate just to give God thanks. That's all we're doing. And then there is prayer with the Holy Spirit. So the Roman soldier had several different kinds of prayer. And by the way, each soldier didn't necessarily use all six or seven spears. He used whatever spear was appropriate to the job that he had in the Roman army. Uh, for instance, the spear of a cavalry uh, soldier was totally different than the spear of an infantryman. Uh, if the soldiers thought that they were going to be in close quarters combat or charged by the cavalry, I'll put it like that. If they were going to be charged by a cavalry force, they had a particular kind of spear that they employed. And uh, it was different than a spear that you would throw. And so there are all kinds of different spears, and this is a great picture of the many different kinds of prayer that we have available to us. Now, what happens when we pray, we're not praying to the devil, and we're not thinking about the devil, but when we are praying to God, and we're praying accurately and scripturally, what happens is God releases angels. Now, he doesn't have to, but he chose to do it like this. God uses angels to deliver answers to prayer. And whenever we pray, the angels are released from the throne of God back into the earth. That in itself is an element of spiritual warfare. Because anytime we are bringing these angels into our world and they're coming with a response, they are hindering and they are hampering the work of the evil one in the atmosphere. And trust me, there's a conflict that goes on. We read the story of how Daniel fasted and prayed for 21 days and his prayer was held up by fallen angels that were resisting the angels of God coming. Actually, not just any angel, they were resisting Gabriel, the, the messenger of God. And so Michael the archangel came and fought with them and opened the way for Gabriel to get through. So this is spiritual warfare. You see it in the book of Daniel in his prayer. Now, Daniel was not aware of this kind of warfare. He didn't, want, didn't know what was going on. Uh, only later in the New Testament do we get the particulars of how these fights happen and how they're going on. And the reason is we have authority over the devil in the New Testament. The Old Testament, we didn't. Uh, 
So there wasn't a whole lot of teaching about Satan and how to resist him in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, we have a lot of teaching about it. And for this reason, we can be more aware of what's going on in the heavenlies around us. But prayer is most definitely a component of our spiritual armor. And if you don't know how to utilize it, it'll hamper you in your walk with God, your relationship with God. So we'll be talking about each one of these different types of prayer. They're all important. Well, that's all the time that I have for today, but we will pick up here again with the next lesson. So I'll see you then. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.